you guys, you guys, you fucking guys. I'm losing my shit over this. You guys, I am obsessed. <laughs> I'm obsessed with Jack Harlow. I like him a lot, but I like even more that him and Bryce and Tiller are from Louisville, so they're always going to be doing songs together. And for those of you listening, you know Bryce and Tiller is my man, okay? That is my fucking man. So, love that. Literally, my best friend sent me that song while I was sleeping the other day and, like, blew my fucking phone up while I was sleeping because she knows. She just knows that I love those two men. I love those two men. Should we listen to some more Jack Harlow before we jump into today's case? I'm feeling, like, a little music today. You guys know what I mean? Let me see. Let's see. Jackie Boo. Mm, mm. Let's grind. Met last week and they already best friends, already best friends. Mm. Met last week and they already best friends. Met last week and they already best friends. Make me forget what safe sex is. <laughs> I'ma finish right now. Stop it. <clears throat> I'm dying, bro. My face is red. I'ma fuck you off and stop it right now. Okay, okay, I'm done. Let me stop. I will literally just sit here and do this the whole podcast. <laughs> Um, oh my god, my face is red. Jack Harlow is so cute. I think it's the curls. It's the curls for me. So fucking cute. I don't know why, but I thought this dude was like 19 and he's like only a year younger than me. So that makes me feel a little better. (laughs) Also, guys, the Broncos. The Broncos have this player and I have the biggest crush on him. Okay, his name is Pat Sertan. His dad already played in the NFL. So I'm sure any men listening to this will know who that is. But Pat Sertan the second. Let me tell you guys something, okay? I've been in this man's DMs <laughs> every day for the last week, and I am not a fucking shame. I do not give a fuck, okay? My dream since I was a little girl was to be a fucking NFL wife, and I'm just trying. I'm just trying to finish it out, okay? I'm 24. I'm a couple years late, but I think we got it. <laughs> Let me see how old this man is he just got to the broncos <gasps> he's only 21 oh my god oh my god that's not even that much younger than me but like 21 seems so young to me like once you have been past 21 for a few years like 21 seems like a baby it's okay that's okay pat sertan the second if you're listening to this 
hit me up on Instagram. I just want to talk. You know, you call yourself PS2 and I'm just trying to see if you want to make a PS3, Pat. That's all. That's all I want to do. Okay. You want to make a PS3? Let me know, baby. Slide into the DMs, please. I will come to every fucking Broncos game. Every fucking Broncos game. Home and away. And cheer for you. And then I'll go to the next team with you. I sound crazy. <laughs> I sound fucking crazy, bro. He's gorgeous. Like, oh my God. Ladies, go look him up. Pat Sertan. I am dying. He is so handsome. He is literally so handsome. Oh. And he's my type. So, like, you guys know how, like, you know, you could see a handsome guy. I mean, we see handsome men every day, right? But, like, not every handsome man is a man that you would, like, go up to and, like, talk to in person. You know, like, there's only, like, a select percentage of those. This is the man that I would go up to and talk in person. Like, if I saw him at a bar or a fucking club or wherever we were I would walk over to him and introduce myself to him like I'm very serious so (sighs) I've been thinking about this for three days I've been spiraling over it gorgeous just absolutely fucking gorgeous great player oh dying dying (sighs) y'all let me get off this. Let, let me get the fuck off of this, okay? I will look at some gorgeous men all fucking day. Speaking of gorgeous men, for those of you listening who watched The Bachelorette, is Nate just not the most charming thing that you've ever fucking seen on ABC? As soon as this man... Okay, because you know, they released the cast list, you know, before the fucking show starts. The cast list pictures to me are always so bland. Like the men always, well, most of them end up looking better, you know, when the actual show is airing rather than in their fucking reality looking type photo that they post up on ABC. But when I tell you guys, I saw Nate's picture, obviously, on the cast list and I was like, okay, like he's handsome, but it's like whatever, you know, I didn't, I wasn't like superly like overly excited about anybody this season I guess is the best way to say that like I didn't see anybody and I was like oh shit like usually there's every every season there's always like one or two people like on the cast list where you like see a picture of them and you're like hey (laughs) what the fuck is up I didn't really have that this year and not that the men are ugly but they just weren't like they just didn't catch my eye right I was sadly mistaken, ladies and gentlemen. When Nate steps out of the limo on night one, first person out of the limo, it was over for me. I did not need to see any of the other men. I did not give a fuck about any of the other men. They, none of them compared. Like, they put Nate first, and then everybody else was just like, uh, hey, yeah, hmm. I was so charmed by this man. Like, I don't know if it's his smile or if it's the fact that he's fucking six eight or if it's the fact that he has that one fucking cross earring in his ear i don't know what it is but i love him i love him i hope he wins i hope him and michelle just like are happily ever after i don't fucking know i honestly hate the fact that i like this show so much i get so into it it's like my guilty pleasure it's the only thing that i care about being consistent with every week besides the podcast but You guys do not watch The Bachelorette. Start watching it because this is a great season for you to jump in on. The Bachelorette this year is Michelle and she is a black woman and just fucking phenomenal. Like stunning, bro. I mean, physically 
stunning, like beautiful, beautiful, beautiful woman. But aside from that, she is just like characteristic, like characteristic wise, just an amazing person. Like she's a teacher. She's sweet. She's genuine. Like she's understanding. She's really good at communication. Just perfect. So if you guys do not watch The Bachelorette, I definitely recommend that you go ahead and start on this season so you can see um, my boyfriend, who's not my boyfriend, Nate, and my girlfriend, who's not my girlfriend, Michelle. <laughs> okay, so the case that I have for you guys today, this is actually the same day that I just recorded this Reddit episode on, so look at me. I'm a fucking overachiever for you guys. So today we're going to be covering a case that I had never heard about until recently. So I have little siblings, as most of you know, and their mom and I are actually still pretty close. Her name is Jenny. And so her and I were like randomly on the phone the other night for like fucking two hours. It was insane. We were just talking about everything. So, of course, we started talking about crime and she just started giving me all these cases and these names that I had never fucking heard of before. So I just started writing them all down in my notes. And this one specifically is a case that she had told me, you know, while we were on the phone, like, I have never heard anything like that in my fucking life. So I knew when she said that, that my little psychotic ass had to figure it out and tell you guys about it because it probably was fucking crazy. So it definitely is crazy. I did my notes on it um, a couple days ago, and the whole time I was doing my notes, I was just like, holy shit, how have I never heard of this? Like, I love, I mean, this is going to sound weird, but I love cults, not cults. I don't like the idea of them. I don't actually love them, but I love learning about them, I guess I can say, because there's so many different kinds of cults. They all have different rules. They all do different shit. They all, they're all fucked up in their own way, right? So this one is fucked up in multiple extra ways than the normal cult would be, okay? Um, if you're listening to this and you think that you're in a cult, get the fuck out, okay? I've heard, like, so many stories from people where they, like, didn't realize that they were in a cult. Like, it was just, you know, a little religious group that turned in, like, culty. No, 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 no. Keep your religious groups small. <laughs> Make sure that there's nothing crazy going on, okay? Um... Yeah, and if you are in a cult, fuck. I'm sorry. <laughs> so the case that we're going to be talking about today is the Ant Hill Kids. So I'm going to give you a little bit of background, then we're going to jump into how they were created, and then basically how it all went down. And you guys listening know I'm not very good at pronunciation, so if you are listening to this and I say this dude's name wrong... I'm sorry, but he was a terrible person, so I honestly don't give a fuck. I I don't give a fuck if I mispronounce it at all, to be honest with you. So just make a mental note that I mispronounced it, and that's it. Don't say shit to me. I don't give a fuck if I mispronounce a serial killer, okay? Let's go ahead and jump into today's episode. Let me take a sip of my, my drink here. My Mike's Harder Strawberry Lemonade. Shout out to um, Safeway. This is not a sponsor, but thank you so much, Safeway. Oh, speaking of Safeway, guys, I went there today to get this drink, right? Well, actually, I was going for a fucking bottle of wine, right? I'm from the East Coast, right? From Florida. I'm used to, like, Winn-Dixie's, like, Publix's, pretty much any grocery store that you go into, like, in the South is going to have, like, a liquor store. Like, they'll have wine, liquor, beer, whatever you can think of. Like, most of the stores have that, right? So, I'm supposed to babysit today at, like, noon. Hold on. 
I'm supposed to babysit today at like noon. So I brought all my recording stuff over to babysit. So I was like, oh, like I should just stop at the grocery store and then grab like a cheap bottle of wine, like a $5 bottle of like Moscato, whatever. Enjoy my night, record, sip on some wine. I walk around the entire fucking store for 30 minutes, bro, looking for wine. I see like one kind of wine that it was like a red wine and I like red wine, but I'm more of like a sweet red wine person. I'm not like a really tart wine drinker unless it's like like a Chardonnay or a Pinot white wine. I don't really mind that, but not like a bitter red wine. It has to be sweet. So I'm looking around, can't find shit, walking around, see the white claws, see the beer, see everything but the fucking wine. So finally I go up to this lady at the store and she's like, oh yeah, we have, uh, we have everything but wine. And I'm like, what in the fuck is wrong with y'all? Like you sell big ass cases of white claw, but you can't tell me a bottle of wine. So anyway, moral of the story is I had to fucking settle for a Mike's hard, um, like a single can because I'm, I'm coming to babysit. Like, what do I look like bringing a whole fucking pack of White Claws? Like, I'm not I'm not trying to get drunk. I'm just trying to sip on something, you know, like while I record it just helps mellow me out. So <sighs> fuck you for that, Safeway. King Supers would have had that shit. I bet you. I bet you they have fucking wine. Might go there tomorrow just to test the fuck out. OK, let's go. <laughs> I'm sorry. Let's go ahead and jump into today's case. So the Ant Hill Kids. So, Rock Therhall was born on May 16th, 1947, Quebec, Canada, into a French-Canadian family, and he was raised in the Thetford Mines. As a child, Rock was considered to be very intelligent, but he dropped out of school in the seventh grade, and he begins to teach himself the Old Testament of the Bible. Rock believed that the end of the world was near and would be brought on by the war between good and evil. Rock converts from the Catholic faith to the Seventh Day Adventist Church, and he begins practicing the domin- and he begins practicing the denomination's regular holistic beliefs, which encouraged a healthy lifestyle, free of unhealthy foods and tobacco. Which doesn't sound too bad at first, right? You're like, okay, healthy lifestyle, I can get with that. So if you're like being introduced to this, you're like, okay, all right, that probably sounds good. It's probably good for me. Probably good for my body. Drink more water. In the mid-1970s, Rock used his charisma to convince a group of people to leave their jobs and homes to join him in a religious movement. He forms the cult in 1977 in St. Marie, Quebec, with the goal to form a commune where people can freely listen to his motivational speeches, live in unity and equality, and be free of sin. Which is confusing to me because already like you're talking about being free from sin, We're talking about the Christianity faith here. Not a thing. Not a thing. He prohibited the group from remaining in contact with their families and with the Seventh-day Adventist Church, as this was against his cult values of freedom. Which, of course, it is. This is the first thing we hear about with cults, right? They start it. They get people to leave their jobs and follow them. And then all of a sudden, after you've done all that, Now they isolate you and you have no contact with anybody else that you used to. So it's almost kind of like an abusive relationship, right? In the cult, like they isolate you to where you don't want to talk to them. And by the time you do, those people maybe don't want anything to do with you. Rock's fear of the end of the world grew, claiming that God had warned him that it would come in February 1979 and he used the commune to prepare for it. 
So during his preparation in 1978, Rock moves his commune by hiking to a mountainside he called the Eternal Mountain in the sparsely populated Gaspé Peninsula, where he claimed that they could all be saved. And it's there that Rock made the commune build their own town while he relaxes, comparing them to ants working in an anthill, which is how they come up with the name the Anthill Kids. In February 1979, when the apocalypse did not occur, people started, as they would, questioning Rock's wisdom. But he defends himself, saying that time on Earth and in God's world were not parallel, and that therefore it was a miscalculation. Of course it is, you fucking jackass. To expand the community as well as keep the members devoted to him, Rock marries and impregnates not one, not two, not three, all of the women, all of them, fathering over 20 children with nine female members of the group. And by the 1980s, there were nearly 40 members, Ugh, which is another thing that we hear like a lot, like in cults, right? Like they're they're fucking all the women like they're all in this weird relationship with like the leader, like but they can't have relationships with anyone else, you know, Ugh. It makes me sick. Like, it really makes me sick. He gets all these women pregnant. Like, <sighs> Rock's followers were blah, blah, blah. Rock's followers were made to wear identical tunics to represent equality and their devotion to the commune. In 1984, the group relocates from Quebec to a new campsite near Burnt River, Ontario a hamlet in central Ontario, which is now part of the city of Karwatha, of Karwatha Lakes. After the cult has formed, Rock begins to kind of move away from being a motivational leader because his drinking problem worsens. He becomes increasingly controlling over the lives of his followers and irrational in his beliefs. Members were not allowed to speak to each other when he was not present, nor were they allowed to have sex with each other without his permission. Rock used his, charis- Rock used his charismatic talents to cover for his increasingly abusive and erratic behavior, and none of the other members questioned his judgment or openly blamed him for any physical, mental, or emotional damage. Which is like something that's like pretty common to see when you're in a situation like this or when, you know, um, you've been kidnapped or whatever the case may be. A lot of people actually like feel like they need their captor. Like they feel like this is where they belong. Like this is who's protecting them. This is who actually loves them. So anytime they actually do anything wrong, the people following them don't want to respond to it because they're like, this person has my best interest and heart. So it doesn't like I shouldn't kind of thing they've really like not even convinced themselves but it's just a cycle of mental physical and verbal abuse over and over and over again to where a person is just constantly beating you down that there's nothing left of you like they have all of you so now you're just stuck there you're unwilling to leave because this is the person that you trust so this is kind of what's happening here He begins to inflict punishments on his followers that he considered to be straying by spying on them or claiming that God told them what he did or by claiming that God told him what they had done. If a person wished to leave the commune, Rock would hit them with either a belt or a hammer, suspend them from the ceiling, 
pluck each of their body hairs individually, or even shit on them. Yeah, you heard me correctly, and let me repeat that. Shit on them. So now this coal is turning into, like, a torture chamber, like, when they want to leave. Like, oh, you want to leave? No, 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 no. Come here. Come here. Come here. Come into my office real quick is the kind of vibe he's getting. So, just fucking insane. The Ant Hill kids raised money for living by selling baked goods, and members who did not bring in enough money were also punished in the same ways. Over time, Rock's punishments became increasingly extreme and violent, including making members break their own legs with sledgehammers, sit on lit stoves, shoot each other in the shoulders, and eat dead mice and feces. So increasingly just getting worse. Like, these, this is just... What? What would... I had to ran my ass out there in the middle of the night. Gotta go by. What the fuck? This is crazy. A follower would sometimes be asked to cut off another follower's toes with wire cutters to prove loyalty. The abuse extended to the cult's children who were sexually abused, held over fires, or nailed to trees while other children threw stones at them. So this is just very extreme. Like... Now it's expanded down to the children and the children are getting punished and getting tortured and they have realistically no idea why. I mean, this is normal to them. This is what they see. But this is fucked up. Like this is you're nailing a child to a fucking tree. What? One of Rock's wives left a newborn child. Eliezer Lavelle outside to die in freezing temperatures keep him away from the abuse that his father was projecting on everybody else. Rock attempted to backtrack to the original religious mission of the commune, beginning to strongly believe in purifying his followers and ridding them of their sins through abusive purification sessions where the members would be completely nude as he whipped and beat them. So he's really just trying to convince people that they need to do all these things to be cleared of their sin. Like, it's just, it's a sick, fucking, twisted way to try and explain religion to someone. Like, what? And this is why I have a problem with religion now, because, like, I think most, not most, okay, let me not say that. I'm going to have some people fucking pissed off at me. Not most, but a lot of the people I know, personally, per se, that claim to be Christians, they're very hypocritical. Like, they're very judgmental. They they do this kind of shit. I mean, they're not going to fucking torture somebody, but it's like they are so accusatory almost of, like, other people and their sin that they don't realize that they're sinning, or they do, and they don't care because they think that they're untouched. And that's kind of the vibe I'm getting, like, from this guy as well, is, like, maybe he thinks this is helping him get rid of his sin as well. I have no fucking idea. Or maybe he's just justifying it that way so he can be a fucking sick fuck. That's probably what it is. He claimed to be a holy human being and he started performing unnecessary amateur surgical operations on sick members to demonstrate his healing powers. Which, okay, I'm sorry. I'm sorry to tell you, Rock, but if you had healing powers, if that if that was a thing, if you were Doctor Strange up in this bitch or whatever... You wouldn't have to do surgery on anyone, Rock. 
you'd be like fucking Jesus in that bitch. Like, get up and walk. Or you can see again. Or, you know, all the things he did in the Bible. You, I don't think Jesus ever had surgical instruments, like, in his little fucking robe pocket ready to give somebody a a fucking surgery when they need That's not how that works. That's not healing powers, sir. I'm sorry to break it to you. Somebody should have said that. I literally would have been like, no, Rock. No. If you are using surgical instruments, you have no healing powers. The instruments have the healing powers at that point. Rock, you fucking dick. These surgeries included injecting a 94% ethanol solution into stomachs or performing circumcisions on the children and adults of the group. In 1987, social workers removed 17 children from the commune. However, Rock faced no repercussions for his abusive acts. In 1989, two years later, when... In 1989, just two years later, when follower Solange Boylard complained of an upset stomach, Rock performed another amateur surgery without anesthesia. He laid her naked on a table... He punched her in the stomach, then he forced a plastic tube into her rectum to perform a crude enema with molasses and olive oil. He cut open her abdomen. He cut open her abdomen with a knife and ripped off part of her intestines with his bare fucking hands. Where's the healing powers? Because I just I'm getting chainsaw massacre vibes, Rock. Rock, we gotta talk. I don't think this is healing anything, Rock. Rock made another member, Gabrielle Lavelli, stitch up her, stitch her up using needle and thread, and he had the other women shove a tube down her throat and blow through it. Boylard died the next day from the damage inflicted by the procedures. Claiming to also, oh, not only does he have the power to heal, ladies and gentlemen, he also has the power of resurrection. This motherfucker can do it all. Rock bored. Rock puts a hole into her skull with a drill, and then he had other male members, along with himself, ejaculate into her cavity. When Boiler did not return to life, her corpse was buried a short distance from the Ant Hill Kids commune. This is your version of resurrection? Is just ejaculating into someone's fucking skull? I just want to know how people keep following this at this point. Like, I understand in the beginning when you're being fooled or, like, whatever the case may be. But when it's to this point, like, fuck no. I'm not listening to shit that man says. Like, what? Gabriella Valley went... Gabrielle Lavelli underwent harsh treatment of the Ontario Commune during the late 1980s, suffering welding torch burns to her genitals... I hope a hypodermic needle breaking off in her back and eight of her teeth being forcefully removed. I think we've hit a little bit of everything in the torture talk here. Gabrielle attempts to escape from the commune after Rock cut off parts of her breast and smashed her head in with the blunt side of an axe. But upon her return, he removed one of her fingers with wire cutters, pinned her hand to a wooden table with a hunting knife, and then used a chainsaw to amputate her arm. Why did she fucking go back? Like, girl, 
I, I can't imagine you picturing anything good would have happened after that. Like, fuck. In 1989, Rock was arrested for assault after Gabrielle Lavelli had fled the commune again and contacted the authorities, effectively dissolving the anthill kids. Provincial authorities had long held suspicions against Rock's cult due to the particularly primitive living conditions of his membership, of its membership, but because the commune was officially registered as a church, and that's a problem, that's a problem. Officials were legally unable to officials were legally unable to investigate the adults and could not do much except ensure the welfare of the children. We need to separate churches and governments completely because this is part of the problem is that all they got to do is be registered as a church or a nonprofit and there's certain things that they cannot be spoken to about. There's certain things that cannot be brought to their attention. There's certain things in every aspect of it that are different fuck that fuck that no i'm sorry i'm sorry that's why priests right now get away with a lot of fucking shit that's why they get away with being little pedophiles and doing all the weird shit that they do because of shit like this shit like this and i know that this is in canada so we're not talking about states but my whole point in general is any church affiliated building no fuck that has nothing to do with the fucking government. Rock was found guilty of assault for the amputation of Lavelli's arm and received a sentence of 12 years imprisonment. The vast majority of the cult's followers abandoned Rock after his arrest, but during his imprisonment, he fathered another four children with remaining female members during conjugal visits. Four more children. So these ladies were like, fuck it. You know, we love you. We trust you. I mean, I, I know it's a trauma bond, so I'm not trying to make fun of them. But, like, that's fucking insane. This dude already had over 20 children. And then he has four more after doing all of these shit to these women and these kids. Like, you've seen him abusing these kids. Lavelli's report allowed further investigations into Rock's actions exposing the wider abuses at the communes and Solange Boylard's murder. In 1993, Rock pleaded guilty to second-degree murder for the death of Solange Boylard and was sentenced to life imprisonment. Which, it should have been first-degree murder, right? Because they're giving him second-degree because they're saying he didn't have an intent to kill. These amateur surgeries, that's that's what that was, an intent to kill. This motherfucker knew that he didn't know what he was doing. So this absolutely should have been a first degree murder charge. But somehow he was able to convince them that that was not his intention. In 2000, Rock was transferred to Dorchester Penitentiary, a medium security prison in Dorchester, New Brunswick. In 2002, Rock was rejected for parole as he was considered too high a risk to reoffend, and he never applied again. He read the room. He read the room. Thank you, Rock, because absolutely is too much of a high risk to reoffend. This motherfucker was doing this for years and making people think that it was normal to him. Like, nor- normalized, I mean, normal to everyone. So, this is absolutely, this violence is normalized in his mind. In 2009, controversy over. Rock made headlines again when he tried to sell his artwork on a United States-based website, MurderAuction.com, which called itself a true crime auction house, and he was willing to sell some of Rock's drawings and poetry. 
But love this. The Correctional Service of Canada prevented Rock's works from leaving Dorchester Penitentiary at all. The Canadian Federal Public Safety Minister at the time wrote to the Correctional Service to express concern that the killer was benefiting from work in prison. On February 26, 2011, 63-year-old Rock was found dead near his cell at Dorchester Penitentiary. His death is believed to be a result of an altercation with his cellmate, Matthew Gerard McDonald, who was a 60-year-old convicted murderer from Port Aport, Newfoundland, and Labrador, who was charged with the killing. So McDonald pleads guilty to second-degree murder and was sentenced to prison and life, having already been serving an 11 having already been serving a life sentence for a previous murder charge. McDonald had stabbed Rock in the neck with a shiv, walked to the guard station, handed them the weapon, and said, that piece of shit is down on the range. Here's the knife. I sliced his ass up. Which is so funny to me. He just walks directly up to him and he's like, I killed that motherfucker. Fuck him. Fuck him. The 2002 film Savage Messiah depicts Rock's crimes against his followers and the ensuing legal recourse. The film stars Luke Picard as Rock and Polly Walker as Paula Jackson, the social worker whose investigations revealed Rock's crimes. Gabrielle Lavelli wrote a memoir of her life, and it was titled Alliance of the Sheep. So definitely go check that out if you guys are interested in hearing maybe her story after escaping the cold, different things that maybe weren't discussed in this article here. But that is the story of the Hill kids. Isn't that fucking crazy? This motherfucker was torturing people and really just thought he was, I don't know, a Harry Potter or some shit. So crazy. If you guys find any more information on the Hill kids or if there was a certain circumstance that I did not mention please send that over to me I would love to learn any more information I can about this because it's fucking crazy honestly like I never heard of this cult never ever okay guys I will leave all the notes for this case in the episode show notes so if you want to kind of go through the articles and look over the information yourself you're welcome to do that um any case suggestions please send those over to at suspect podcast on instagram or you can also email me at suspect podcast one at gmail.com um i've only had a couple people do this but i definitely will get to those cases that you guys have sent i just haven't had the chance yet but Please send over some new ones, any crazy stories you have, anything crazy that you want me to talk about. I hope that you guys enjoyed today's episode, and until next time, please be nice, spread some kindness, and don't forget to watch The Bachelorette. I'm serious about that. I'm going to start talking about that every week, so y'all got to keep up. All right. Thanks, guys. Bye. Love you.